0: Welcome to Eclipsed, a heroes podcast, where two old school heroes fangirls talk about the show and defend its honor. My name's Rachel.
1: And I'm Keisha.
0: And today we are talking about the nineteenth episode of season one, point zero seven percent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah it's uh we are so close to the finale. it's ridiculous,
0: yeah we're screaming toward the finale of season one. get like a really good episode next week. Not that oh. this week's episode wasn't good
1: no this is a, this is a, this is one of the better season one episodes it's very very good mm-hmm a lot of a lot of big stuff happens with our characters, a lot of pieces move into place, a lot of uh journeys begin that need to begin before the end of season one
0: getting the pieces into place
1: it's a lot of that it's a lot of like characters ending up in certain locations or meeting certain people it's great
0: so we have a little bit of new news kind of new old news ish
1: (laughs) (laughs) new old news yep
0: yeah which is the official heroes wiki shut down as of june 1st rip and (laughs) i think we talked about it like briefly before but i ended up cutting it from the episode Because it was like you were looking at something like, oh man, the Heroes Wiki, and then I like just snipped it out. Uh, There is like a, I think a couple people have made backups and stuff, because I saw it on a Reddit thread, but there is one online, because it was like a privately owned wiki, so they all had to front all the server costs and stuff themselves, and so eventually lack of advertising revenue caught up, and it was just not worth keeping it up anymore.
1: It's sad, but you know, the practicalities of it I understand. Um I think it was a few days ago, maybe even last week. I don't know. Time is a flat circle. Uh, I (laughs) was just sitting on the Wayback Machine website, just putting in like NBC Heroes, Heroes NBC, and just seeing what would pop up and looking at old stuff. It was kind of fun.
0: I was looking at... um, (laughs) Because someone had made a post, which I didn't even look to see if anyone gave him an answer, about like if anyone had a copy of the old Heroes phone game.
1: Yeah. Was that on the Reddit? That was on the Reddit, right?
0: Yes. And I was looking on, I was doing the Wayback Machine on the site for the company that it was on, and they had a demo on there, but, like, it was, of course, in, like, uh, Flash or Java, and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna <laughs> turn Java on for the to Flash to play the two whatever levels, but...
1: I had totally forgotten that it existed, and I don't know why I forgot, because they promoted the hell out of this show at the start with, like, everything you could imagine. I'm surprised it didn't have a breakfast cereal. I'm a little sad it didn't have a breakfast cereal.
0: <laughs> that is true. That is very true. I mean, looking at the old phone, too, on that site was one of the ones with the keyboards at the bottom of the phone.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like, a, it's like, like get a... on your Nokia. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was so hard to do anything on those. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was my first phone. I had a phone like that forever.
0: No, I had, like, a flip phone, I think was my first cell phone.
1: My first was a Samsung, I think, and it was a flip phone. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, impossible to do anything on those.
0: I never had one that had just the keyboard on the bottom. I had either the flip phone, like, a flatter one with the numbers, and then I think I had one where I had it where it was the top, and then you could slide the keyboard out from under it.
1: Dude, I would do anything for us to go back to like sidekicks and stuff. They're the best. They're the best
0: phone. It's very convenient, very convenient. Yeah. Instead of being fat fingering the, the keys and being like, fuck.
1: Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> or just uh, everything turning our phone on because it's just the one big touch screen.
0: <laughs> I don't understand how people do it because that's never a problem that I have.
1: The turning I mean- screens on sometimes that's just how it goes down I guess I I, you know it it always interests me like how not only do people do it but the it it, like gets in the several levels it takes to even get to your contacts and call something that's yeah okay I'm with you on that
0: because that's what my dad's like oh I don't want to butt doll anyone on a new phone I gotta have my flip phone I'm like how (laughs) like there's no way in hell I could ever do you'd have to have it open and then You'd have to have it on, not (laughs) shut your screen off, which is like second instinct to me. And then Uh, it's like, just put it in your pocket and let it lay there with the screen on, and then you accidentally touch your pocket and then call someone.
1: I know, right? I mean, if you recall, uh, it wasn't a smartphone that I had, but I butt dialed you at Comic Con that one time. Yes. (laughs) Do you remember that?
0: I was like, why is she calling me? And I'm like, oh my gosh, she butt dialed me.
1: Uh, well, I, I told you that I just met a certain celebrity who, you know, sucks now. So, like, <laughs> but remember, we were excited at the time, and uh, and you were trying to be like, you know, get a hold of me and, and find out where they were at table-wise. And I, and I butted on you just like, blah, 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 talking with whoever I was with. and You were very frustrated, I remember that. <laughs> was this like at the
0: first Comic-Con?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah,
0: okay, I know exactly who you're talking about. All right, I got you, fam. You know
1: who I'm talking about. As yeah.
0: soon as, the, I was like, is this the first, I'm like, God, and then I was like, wait, it's gotta be the first Comic-Con, I know who it is, okay. It was, it was exactly the first who it one, is. yep. All and right. You were,
1: like, trying to figure out, like, you were like, where, yes. where are they? And I'm just, like, butt dialing you, like, blah, 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 in the convention hall.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, I remember this, yeah. I'm like, yep. I don't remember anyone in particular from the second two. <laughs>
1: Um, I only remember Milo from the second one, because it was Milo, my goodness. Um, no, I mean,
0: like, that would suck now.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, it was just that person in that first yes. one that I don't even tell people that I met them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's I just just like, uh, yeah, I got yep.
0: you. It's just like,
1: Yeah. I got you, man. Yeah. Anyway. R.I.P. Heroes Wiki. <laughs> yes.
0: You will be know, missed. Like, you I, were a great resource.
1: I'm really thankful for things like The Wayback Machine, because... So much of that shit is just, the all those websites are just dead.
0: And I've talked about it before about how so much of that shit is lost. Yeah. Um, I use the example of the lost ARG, because that's, like, all their phone calls and stuff was just gone as soon as it was done. Mm-hmm. Like, all these things that were, like, outside of it just gone. And I'm sure that's the case with a lot of the hero stuff, but, again, thankfully, the Wayback Machine exists.
1: I very... For now, because the Internet <laughs> oh, Archive is me.
0: getting a nice lawsuit against it, so...
1: Uh, yeah, save your screen caps now, kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Let's get
0: back to to the episode at hand. So, Keisha, why don't you start us off and tell us about who we met in the last episode, Mr. Linderman, mm-hmm. and his very big day.
1: Yeah. Um, when we were putting together the episode order for this, we originally had it differently, and then I was like, I feel like Linderman should be his own segment, because... He's a big old part of this episode. Not only is he where the title comes from, he gets to do the voiceover as well. And that was kind of cool because we'd only had technically one other quote-unquote guest star because Jack Coleman has done it on the previously. But he becomes a regular, so whatever. Um, I think Linderman's one of the only times, except for maybe one other time I can think of right now, where the previously was someone who was not regular cast.
0: Well, he had a whole monologue over the previously. This episode. yeah,
1: yeah, he had a whole thing like it
0: wasn't just pre or you know previously on heroes, which most yeah, people yeah, have done. he
1: had like a whole like voiceover intro kind of thing. I feel like Arthur might have had one in season three, mm-hmm. but I digress. So there's this really cool intro voiceover for this episode where Linderman is talking about his art collection. And I really like how he describes it. He says, "What I really collect are lives fixed in paint," which I think is a cool way of putting it. Uh, and we see that it's a very, very extensive collection. It has a lot of classic art pieces in it, as well as the Isaac Mendez paintings. Obviously, the Mendez paintings are the ones that not only matter to the show, but matter the most right now to Linderman because they are—they're a blueprint. They're—they're they're the guiding force in. All of his plans, which are only now going to be made a little more plain. We we don't get the total uh, sum of what he wants to do and how he's going to do it, but we get a lot of pieces in this episode. So we see Nathan, and he's with Linderman, and Linderman's showing him all the artworks. And he's going off on this whole thing about how he's... You know, what's going to happen is going to need to happen. And, you know, particularly the painting with New York as an explosion and all that fun stuff. And Linderman's just full on convinced that this is necessary. This is good. He tells Nathan that when my day of judgment comes, I'll be remembered as a humanitarian. And <laughs> he wants to heal the world and all this and stuff. And, uh, so it's pretty on the nose when we see that he has a power and his power is he can actually heal stuff. He heals a dead flower, like a plant, and he brings it back to vitality. Not dead, dying. It was dying. Gotta be really specific about that. He can't bring the dead back.
0: Mm, yes.
1: Um, so it's so great when he goes about uh, healing the plant. Nathan's in the background and I swear he's got this little look on his face where he's just like, can't one thing in my life not have to do with these stupid powers? <laughs> like, he's just surrounded by it uh, more than he'll ever, like, yeah, more than he'll eventually know. He'll, he'll figure out some stuff eventually, but it's just, it's seeming to become such a huge part of his life and in the most unexpected places. And... Uh, so they're, you know, they're going around and they're looking at art and stuff. And uh, there's a picture with hero in it. And Nathan's like, oh, I know this man. And Linderman's just like, great, if you see him, tell him I need my sword back. <laughs> like <laughs> These two, they've got the quips. They, they got the quips. And um, yeah, Nathan, it, like I said earlier, he gets fixated on the NYC bomb painting. And he's like, nothing nothing's good about this, though. And Linderman's like, well, actually... I disagree because this is going to be the start of the healing of the world. So we get like a little glimpse into his plan. Two things I want to say about this. First of all, if you want to learn more about Linderman's ability and his origins as a young man and how he sort of came to have this worldview, uh, he is the lead character in a multi-part graphic novel. Um, called War Buddies. It's collected in the first uh, hardcover collection of the Heroes graphic novels. I was just skimming through it before we started recording so I could f- refamiliarize myself with it. Uh, basically, he and a bunch of other people uh, are in uh, Vietnam together. And a bunch of things happen that make uh, Daniel, who we don't even learn is properly Linderman, spoilers, until the end of the comic... Uh, he has the code name Austin, and he serves with a guy whose code name is Dallas. And I believe it's Hannah who's reading about all of this, Wireless, who we met in the uh, a couple episodes ago, who's mostly a figment of the ARG and the comics. You don't really see her too much in the show proper. But she does a little research into the company and along the way, she finds this story, this this file um, about an op in Vietnam. And, uh, we learn that again, spoilers strap in, uh, Linderman is Austin and Dallas is Arthur Petrelli. Dun, dun. They were in (laughs) Vietnam together and a lot of big stuff happens with that. And a lot of big stuff that happens after that, after they properly relearn who each other, uh, who they are after the fact, because they never learned their names when they were, you know, on the ground, because it was just code names only so big stuff there Arthur Petrelli the shadow of him looms ever larger (laughs) my goodness Um, but there's a point where um, in the episode Linderman talks to Nathan and he's like hey at one time a bunch of friends of mine we got together and we wanted to save the world and people got greedy And they use their powers for their own personal gain. And they lost sight of what we were trying to do. And that's not going to happen this time. And so he's very, very vaguely talking about the origins of the company, which we will learn more about later on. We'll learn about more of who those people are. And we'll learn about their goals. And we will also learn that certain people are not part of that, but certain people are, even in the same family. Huh. Anyway, so, <laughs> fun secrets everywhere. Basically, Glitterman's like, hey, I learned that healing one person at a time wasn't enough. I have to do something big. So the second thing I want to say here is when this storyline happened, the amount of, okay, it's funny in the context of this now because Watchmen has a TV series and a movie now. So yes. everybody kind of knows the Ozymandias plan. Uh, if you're even remotely aware of that sort of uh, part of pop culture. When this happened, it was a thing that only a bunch of, you know, nerds, myself included, who'd read the Alan Moore graphic novel were like, hey, this sounds like what Osimondius wanted to do. So people were constantly like, here I was ripped off Watchmen, here I was ripped off Watchmen, which they get that levied at them a lot for a lot of things. But you'll see why, because the plan is really similar. (laughs) Uh, Linderman wants to ensure that the explosion happens that half of new york is just just wiped out and that in the ashes of all of this it is nathan who will rise as the leader of a torn up nation first on a local level then on a larger presidential level and Nathan, at first, is just like, oh my god, you can't do this. Like, half of New York? Like, what is wrong with you? And Linderman's like, mm. I did the math, though. It's, like, less than 0.07%, episode title, of the world's population. So, you know, the old the old adage about, you know, omelets and eggs. So, Nathan is just, like, not into this, really. He, he's just like, no, this is messed up. You can't want to do this. And Linderman's like, You're not, you gotta see the big picture here, bud. That's what you gotta do. This tragedy will be a catalyst for good. And he brings him over to the newest painting in the Isaac Mendez collection that we've seen, which is a very lovely painting of Nathan in the White House. He's standing there in the Oval Office. Linderman tells him that Peter's curtain call will come the day after you're elected. So Linderman knows that Peter is probably going to be the one to be the explosion. And he needs Nathan to be okay with that. And at the time, Nathan's like, nope, not doing it. Because, first of all, I'm not even going to get elected. I don't know if you're paying attention. Like, I'm not going to be a congressman, so I'm certainly not going to become president. And he's very protective of Peter. He doesn't want, you know, Peter to come to this sort of harm. That opinion's going to change due to some factors later in the episode that I'm excited for <laughs> Rachel to get to, talk, to uh, talk about. But we'll get there. Uh, that was the brunt of Nathan's interaction with Linderman. Did you want to mention anything else about, about Nate and Linderman before I move on to the other person he spends a lot of time with in this episode?
0: Uh, no, I think we'll get more into that when we get to see yeah, the rest of Nathan in this yeah, episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. His, uh, his opinion fluctuating on certain matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, we're done with Nathan in Linderman for the time being. Uh, right now, the other person who he has business to uh, take care of with in this episode ...is gonna be Jessica. And when we first see Jessica in the episode... ...I just I have to do a heavy sigh. Because her and DL are having the same goddamn conversation that they continue to have all the time. It's like, oh, DL wants to take Micah away from her again because she's dangerous. and uh, And it's like, oh my god, with the back and forth of this. Thankfully, that's interrupted fairly quickly because Linderman summons Jessica... And so she goes and she meets with him and it's a big deal because it's like Jessica herself says, nobody talks to Linderman. You talk to one of his guys. That's not a thing, but you know, Linderman's making a lot of personal conversations with people today because things are ramping up and he needs to. So she struts in and he calls her. He's like, ah, fearsome Jessica and sweet Nikki. Like it is, it's both. I like to think they didn't say Darling Nikki, because it's a Prince song, and it'll make you think about something totally not at all. (laughs) This, if you know the lyrics to that song, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, um, so he's like, I need a favor. I need to borrow Micah briefly. And she immediately is just like, "Mm, nope, see, that's the thing. I will do pretty much anything else you ask. You know, you you point, I shoot. But Micah is off limits. Micah stays out of this. So even though DL's like, hey, you're dangerous. I want to take Micah away from you. Jessica still has her priorities with Micah. And I wonder if it's because she knows that'll make Nikki just fight that much harder if anything happens to Micah. And she wants to continue to be in control. Or if they're both just really protective of him. It could Could be be both. Yeah. And so she's like, I don't want him involved in this. And Linnerman, I love how he says, Micah is involved by the mere fact of his birth. That's such a good sentence. Because it's so true of, like, any young person, particularly in this series, as the show continues. It's like a Claire thing. It's like, you know, you can try to not be involved in all this, but that's not how it's gonna work. You're part of it the moment you are born just because you're born like this. And that's going to become a bigger deal later on. But yeah, so she tries to be like, hey, no, you're not getting Micah. That's not happening. And so Linderman's like, all right, well, we're going to have to put in a contingency plan in place. And his contingency plan is we later on, we see Jessica taking Micah out of the house. And she's like, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. And there's a car And it pulls up and Linderman's just right there and he fully introduces himself right to Micah. And he goes, how would you like to save the world today, young man? (laughs) And it's, it's like, oh, and and Micah's just like, yeah, because he's a kid, you know, and he's just like, save the world. Cool. I'm going to be a hero. He doesn't understand what is going to happen right away. And they take him and they drive off and Jessica, quote unquote, turns back into Candace. Remember Candace? (laughs) <laughs> she's so mischievous no um but that's the thing is we're realizing that somebody like Linderman is a big part of the company so he's got all these resources at his disposal and those resources are people who can do things like candace and that's really dangerous and that's gonna be kind of hard to go up against so people who want to go up against the company have their work cut out for them in a lot of ways and it's great because candace turns back into herself and It's right when the real Jessica pulls up and and she, you know, sees the car and she's just like, oh, cute car and walks away. And Jessica doesn't know yet that Mike is gone and the shit is going to hit the fan when she realizes that. But that is where we leave off with Linderman. He had a very big episode. He did. It's probably why we both (laughs) thought that he showed up for the first time in this. Yeah. Oh, I think Uh, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Any
1: anything to add to that?
0: I, yes i do actually uh hmm. at the very beginning of the episode underneath the big linderman monologue we see a scene that wasn't in the last episode there was a scene with dl and jessica where dl pretty much makes it known he knows it's jessica
1: oh yeah i saw that and i was like wait do i just not remember that or is that just the thing that wasn't in the, the episode at all it's new in this part which is a choice
0: Yes, it was new in that part, and it, <laughs> I think they had to add it there to make sense of their little conversation of deal, that Deal was having mm. with Jessica, where he was calling her out.
1: Well, yeah, because last time we saw them properly in canon, he had suspicions, but he didn't, like, confront her or anything.
0: Mm-hmm, yes. I remember it being a, a thing at the time, and this is not the last time it happens with Nikki's stuff, <sighs> if I remember correctly.
1: I think you're right, actually, yeah.
0: It happens a few more times where we get revelations in the previously that were cut scenes from the episode before or just something put in the front to make sense of where we are now.
1: Yet another way that her, you know, character gets screwed over by the show.
0: Yeah, because I don't remember it happening with any other character.
1: No. Heck no. They wouldn't do that to anybody else.
0: It happens Mm -hmm. at least one more time in season two to Jessica or Nikki, whichever. (laughs) It happens happens to, you know. No, I think, character. I, yeah.
1: I think you're right. Yeah, it does. Especially in season two, because season two for her is one, like, long drawn out. We don't know what to do with you anymore.
0: <laughs> yes. So
1: let's put you in some not great storylines while we try to figure it out. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to, to deal with all that. Just like, I think that she's with some characters who are pretty cool and who would have been fine on their own. But Mm -hmm. they got scared of doing that without connecting them to the other heroes from the other, you know, season. Mm -hmm. So it's like their plan collided against the realities of the situation of having a popular television show with uh, popular actors. So she gets shoehorned into a storyline that would have been much cooler without her being in it. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah,
1: Yeah. because I don't mind Monica no uh, yeah
0: she she doesn't spend too much time with monica though but
1: no she doesn't but it's just like oh yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway we'll get there really soon too we're, we're we're just blazing right towards season two
0: indeed we're getting we're heading there
1: zooming on in <laughs> yeah
0: that was my only thing i had to mention about that was i remember that at the beginning of the episode
1: Casey, okay, I'm glad you mentioned it, because I wasn't gonna, because I was like, did I just forget that? But I was like, no, I don't think, I think that was new, so, good stuff. Yeah, there we go. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, <woo. laughs> Um But, yeah, I mean, all this is happening, but damn if that's not the cliffhanger from last episode. Uh. Hey, Rachel, what's going on in Mohinder's apartment right now?
0: Oh boy!
1: <laughs> clap 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 clap. So let me get my Siler fan hat on. <laughs> Boop.
0: So we basically get to see the cliffhanger from the last episode again, which is Peter going into Mohinder's apartment looking for him, and instead finding it in disarray, getting a little blood sprinkled on his head, and whoop, it's Mohinder on the ceiling, <laughs> and then Siler's all, "I remember you." <laughs> And we get to see Siler cutting into Peter's head and rip emo bang. So (laughs) Siler sees that Peter can heal because Peter's head heals from the cut that he tries to make on it. And Siler's like, ooh, can't wait to get that. (laughs) And they have a little bit of a scuffle. Peter uses a little telekinesis on him and then Peter goes invisible, which again, Siler's like, "Mm, yum, yum. Can't wait for this delicious piece.
1: (laughs) He's a buffet.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) when Siler got knocked back briefly by Peter, Mohinder fell off the ceiling because he lost concentration. And so Peter was attempting to get Mohinder out of there. And Siler's like, no, no, I'm not done with him yet. And that is when Peter goes invisible. And instead of being all like, oh, God, where did he go? I got to like do this. (laughs) Siler is like completely (laughs) calm. And Siler, when he knocked back, was like knocked back into something glass Because he's able to raise the shards up in the air with his telekinesis, sort of, like, pointing them in almost every direction around him. And then he lets it rip. And one of the shards connects right with the back of Peter's head. And Peter falls like a sack of potatoes. Which I'm like, Peter, why are you facing away from him?
1: (laughs) Honestly, what were you trying to do there, bud? Why are you,
0: like, not looking directly at him?
1: Ugh. Anyway, I, love, I love that we both give him a lot of credit for being calm and clever and just being like, cool, I'll just glass you to death.
0: <laughs> I'm like, alright, we'll see. This will hit something. Mm-hmm. And well, it hits probably more... <laughs> it hits better than he probably even anticipated hitting. Oh, yeah. So it hits Peter's sweet spot and he goes down like a sack of bricks. And um, he goes over to Peter and once again, Siler underestimates Mahinder. Mm-hmm who had taken this time to get up and then knock him the fuck out with the whole big (laughs) board that had the map on it. So Mohinder saves the day due to Siler not paying attention at all. The hubris,
1: it gets him every time.
0: He underestimates the man without a power and, (laughs) you know, ends up paying for it. Yep. So we'll leave Siler there for now. And we'll leave Mohinder there for now as well. (laughs) With (laughs) the very dead Peter. Super dead. And instead we are going to the Petrelli Brownstone, which is, I believe it's like Angela's house, isn't it?
1: Uh, I think so. Well.
0: I believe it's Angela's because it's not the Petrelli. it's not where Nathan was previously. Yeah, like yeah, you're everything.
1: right. You're right. I, I think it's hers.
0: Nathan's got more of a bigger house and she's got like a um, right in New York proper thing.
1: hmm. Yeah, you're right. So,
0: we're at Angela's place. She has very bright wallpaper, like yellows and pinks. It's really really cool. Anyway. So, we're there with Claire, who is looking at a photo of Nathan and Peter, suddenly coming to the realization of, holy shit, the (laughs) guy that saved me is my freaking uncle. She's like, wow, he forgot to mention we were related, and Angela's like, he didn't know. He didn't know you exist. He had no idea. But Angela knew that Claire existed. Angela knew that Claire was still alive after the fire. Oh, yes. And... She said that her and her husband had made arrangements for Claire and um, Meredith after she was born. And then the fire happened, and it was just easier for Nathan to assume that they were both dead. (laughs) So Angela's trying to protect Claire. And Claire, of course, is like, I don't need protecting. I can heal. Mm -hmm. And Angela's like, you have no idea. Just because you can grow your bones back and spit out bullets doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you can protect herself. And that she deserves a better life than what her abilities would bring her. And so Claire again is like, no, I want to meet my father and I want to meet Peter again. And Angela's like, no, 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 no. We're going to go to Paris, sweetie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm taking you to Paris because this is my gift to you. You're going to have an option to live a normal freaking life in Paris. You're going to live it outside. All of this bullshit that's going on, all these power things. And then if, in a few years, if you decide you're going to come back into it, then it'll be your choice. Because Angela herself said that she had a similar... like, you're getting the benefit of Angela's experience here. And oh, yeah. she had a similar thing happen to her where, you know, she walked away and then came back. Let it be her own choice. Claire, again, is just like, you know, she's mouthing back at Angela, and Angela <laughs> kind of chuckles, and she's like, you know, you get that mouth from me. <laughs> so, a little bit later, we get a knock on Angela's door, and it's Mohinder. <laughs> and <laughs> Mohinder brings... Peter's body to Angela's place. He says that he found the address in Peter's wallet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why are you bringing a a dead body to this random address, sir? Like, I get it. (laughs) Ooh, powers and stuff. Don't want to call the police. But like, he's like, I didn't know what to do with it. And I'm like, really?
1: It's certainly a choice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you said you put it in the back of your cab because you can see the cab outside.
1: And, um, so. (laughs) Can you imagine just in, like, New York downtown traffic, he's got Peter's body in the back of his cab, like, oh, man.
0: Yeah. And Mohinder's, like, very upset, he's like, he died trying to protect me, mm-hmm. he did the best he could, and Anvil's just like, get the hell out of my house. <laughs> and um, Claire's kind of watching from the background, and she sees Mohinder leave, and she sees a dead Peter and Angela, like, mourning over him. Like,
1: full-on yeah. bawling, nothing waspy about it.
0: No, he's dead. And a short time later, we see Nathan arrive to the house. And I had to guess she gave him a call, because he doesn't come in, like, cold, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Comes in, like, ma, and stuff like that. And he goes immediately over to dead Peter, and he has his own sad boy hour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. And he's like,
0: He's like, no, no, no. And then, like, the great thing was, he's not supposed to die this way.
1: Oh. And then
0: he was wrong.
1: Oh, let me get my helmet on. It gets fucking fucked up from this point on. Oh,
0: you know. And, uh, Angela is like, you know, well, we have to hide this. That, uh, what happened to Peter? We'll hide it until after the election. Sweep it under the rug, you know. He wouldn't have wanted to bring you down with him, Nathan. And Nathan's like, it doesn't matter, Peter's dead, you know, none of this matters anymore. (laughs) And then Claire comes out from around the corner, and he immediately says Claire, like he knows her name, which I don't remember if Meredith told him her name or not. Uh... She at least showed the picture, I don't remember if she said it was Claire or not, but he says her name.
1: Well, Peter said it to him. But he never met her. Yeah.
0: He never got to see Claire.
1: Yeah.
0: You know. I don't know I don't if know. Angela also dropped that bomb on him like, yo, your daughter's here. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's a good thing to, to question, yeah.
0: Because I also have a question of because um, when Claire comes over around the corner Nathan doesn't question at all why Claire wants to have a moment alone with Peter. Hmm. <laughs> There's no, like, no argument like, why the fuck would you want, like, no piecing it together <laughs> that this is the man that saved her life etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Instead, mm-hmm. he, he he just gets up and leaves and lets her have her, her moment along with Peter.
1: Oh, well, maybe Linderman fills him in. Because Linderman mentions Claire. Oh, that is possible. And they're all in front of the paintings, and there's lots of paintings of her.
0: Yes, there is. As we talked about last time, that was the autopsy I painting. think it's
1: that. That could be. That could be. Like, like we didn't see that part, but yeah. I think Nathan might have learned that from Daniel.
0: I'll bite. I'll bite. It. <laughs> it just made me laugh watching it, and I was like, why are yeah, you... yeah, yeah. You know...
1: Like, wow, everyone's really calm about
0: all this. It's like, we know as the audience. Yeah. But I feel like we're, we missed the moment where they're, as characters learned a bunch of shit. So anyway. So Claire gets her moment alone with Peter. And she's like, I thought you were like me. I thought you could heal. And she notices something on the back of his head. She notices the big shard of glass and remembers her own incident way back in, like, episode three, was
1: it? It was, like, yeah,
0: where she got a branch to the back of her head and that like you know killed her and so she pulled the glass out and sure enough Peter gasps a breath and he wakes back up like sleeping beauty (laughs) like Snow (laughs) White with the apple. Peter wakes up. Oh my (laughs)
1: god. Claire is such a prince charming.
0: (laughs) And Angela and Nathan are both like stunned and uh Peter's like, "Wow, you saved my life, and guess we're even now.
1: Cute.
0: So, a, a short time later, Peter's looking at this huge shard of glass, like, you know, <laughs> what do you do with something that killed you? <laughs> oh, and, uh...
1: You gotta say what Nathan tells him to do.
0: Oh my god, I don't, what, what did you tell him to do?
1: You could put it under your pillow.
0: Oh yes, like the tooth fairy, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, okay. So <laughs> uh, Nathan is still having a crisis right now because he's like, man, I don't know what I am without you, Peter. Uh, and Peter's like, oh, come on now. You're like the top of your class. You're the valedictorian. You're Nathan Petrelli. And um, Nathan's like, man, I know. But what if all that's because of you? And like, I don't know what I'd do if you died. And Peter's all, oh, well, you know, it's a good thing I can't die then. And Nathan <sighs> is a little confused. And he's like, oh, I got that from Claire. You know, she can't die either. And we yep. see Nathan immediately go, hmm, no matter what happens, you can't die. <laughs> Interesting. Yep.
1: yep. In my yep. notes, I said that he's already workshopping it in his head.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's yep. like, huh. hmm No matter what happens. Yep. Hmm. So, Peter urges Nathan to talk to Claire. And he's like, come on, it has to be fate that the girl that I had to save, the cheerleader to save the world ends up being your daughter and like, you know, maybe because I saved her and she's here, I won't blow up. Maybe Claire's the reason I don't blow up. Mm. And Peter doesn't want Angela to take her away to Paris because again, don't want to blow up. (laughs) 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 And, uh, the whole time Angela's kind of listening to the conversation and, um, they're also kind of like, you know, we got to tell mom about this, like, how are we going to explain this to her? And she's like, oh, I knew the whole time. I, have already, I've known long before you did. I've known Mm -hmm. that you guys have had abilities. And so she also like heavily implied again that like she has an ability, but we, as of right now, don't know what it is.
1: Yeah. They liked, they liked to wink at the audience for a while with Angela and we don't get confirmation on it for a good while.
0: A good so, while, yeah. yeah. Season three? Uh, season three is a definite confirmation, but I don't know if she says what it is in season two.
1: Hmm. Unsure. But we'll find so. out. Yeah.
0: But if you can use use your power of elimination, you might be able to figure out what it is. Yes. Because Peter might have a power that hasn't been explained. <laughs> yes. So, we again, Peter's left the office now. We're a little later. Nathan is looking at the glass shard that killed his brother. And then he uses that glass shard to cut open a package, which is the very White House painting that Mr. Linderman had earlier. And he's kind of looking at it, and Claire interrupts his little gazing at artwork. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Nathan's like, wow, it shouldn't take someone nearly dying for us to meet. And Claire is like, you don't have to pretend to be nice to me. Because remember, she overheard the conversation with Meredith, and he was fairly cold at that point. And he's like, oh, I'm not pretending to be nice. You know, most people think the worst of me, and I've given them good reason to. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I want to be there for you now, but I can't write this moment. He got into politics to do good things, and, like, and an illegitimate daughter popping up now would ruin his chances at the election.
1: Oh, easily. He's the family values candidate.
0: And he's like, you know, I think you should go to Paris with your grandmother She really warms up on you. (laughs) And, you know, and then, like, in a week, you can come home to your family. And they hug it out. Mm -hmm. And it is clearly obvious that Peter, who asked Nathan for Claire not to go to Paris because he might not blow up, instead is sending Claire to Paris. Nathan is on board with Linderman. Yes, he is. He got on board the moment he realized that Peter being the bomb would not kill him.
1: Yeah, that's all it took.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My notes are like, oh Nathan, Nathan, Nathan.
1: <laughs> I just then... I just caps lock yell at him a lot, I think. Oh. Like that part I'm just like, Peter's on team, Claire can't go, and Nathan's on team, get out of here. So you don't see that I was fully willing to let Peter explode. Like
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, can we can we talk? About the symbolism of him using that glass shard to open that painting. It's one of my favorite shots in the whole show. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, we already did. We talked about this because uh, Rachel and I actually ended up watching the episode about at the same time last night accidentally. And uh, so we were making little notes to each other. And we were like, oh, this whole episode should have been mentioned a lot more in our paying the future about Nathan Petrelli. But yes. here we are. <laughs>
0: We're not encyclopedias.
1: <laughs> Sadly, no. Not anymore anyway. No. <laughs> but yeah. Um oh, god. It's just if if you're rewatching this and so you know what Nathan like you're gonna watch his whole journey from speaking with Linderman and being like, No, like I'm not I'm not gonna get elected. Like he's he pretty much like all but says he wants to like drop out. Like he's just like, Nope. And then Peter's dead and then everything's just over. His life is over. It's done. It's gone. All plans are off. And then that glass comes out of his head. And the look on Nathan's face is everything from that moment on. He goes full on mechanation. full on, oh, maybe this can work. Like, oh, it's just the, the turn of it is, uh, it's dark, man. <laughs>
0: Uh, the ambition wins again. Ambition wins it Always again. does. I, uh, there, there, <laughs> I, there's, oh man, there's so much I want to talk about, but like, it's too spoilery for, uh, season two and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and for Nathan's thing, where it's just like, oh, I want, I would love for this to have happened, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but, um, I won't, <laughs> I won't go into that right now. <laughs> Ooh,
1: so just, I have, no, I just, I had a, I had a, um, I would love for this to happen thing, but it was with Claire. Oh, Uh, Mm -hmm. it's a shame that the structure of the show was so set because I would have absolutely loved to see a version of season one where Claire does go to Paris with Angela and it's not so easy to get away from this as she thought, because as we learn in season two, but definitely throughout the rest of the show and in the comics, this is happening everywhere. So there's no escape from like from it. And it would have been cool to see how different her life may have been, or if certain elements would have sped up, uh, if she would have gotten even more involved, ironically.
0: That would have been fascinating.
1: Right? Like, start off, save the cheerleader, save the world, cool beans. Do that. She actually leaves the country. Stuff that happens in New York goes down, how it's going to go down, but we continue to, like, glance over to France or wherever she ends up. And see not only how she's dealing with that, but also it's not that easy to escape something that's happening to humanity as a whole. I don't know. I thought that would be kind of cool.
0: Well, that would be a fascinating AU for sure. Yeah. Somebody write
1: that fanfic. But I could see how they wouldn't want to, you know, at the time, you know, break up the band. So
0: that and like they wanted to have her reunited with H uh, R G again.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. Speaking of, yeah, I was gonna say speaking of. <laughs>
0: Uh speaking of he's not having a very good day. Um, no. <laughs> we see that he is in a company cell, and he's not quite a solder-level cell, but it kind of is. should be. <laughs> it kind of is, it kind of is, and he's not strapped down to a slab. He probably should be. Yeah, he pro- yeah, about what's, you know, what we're about to talk about, he probably should have been strapped down to a s- slab and drugged, but.
1: It's, it's the whole underestimating the non-powered people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: But before we get all that, Claire comes running into the room, all, oh my God, Dad, they got me. I'm so scared. And she's like in her cheerleading outfit. And he's confused for a second. He's like, Claire, what are you? Um, and then immediately he's like, Yeah, you're not Claire. And it's not. It's Candace pulling the trick on him again. And she's like, Darn. <laughs> and as she leaves, Thompson comes in. And then it's just HRG and Thompson alone. And Thompson's like, You know what, buddy? I'm going easy on you because of friendship. <laughs> and <laughs> HRG's like well maybe I'm exactly where, we, where I want to be so you know we're even right now aren't we <laughs> and he's like nope you're on death row just waiting for the call to put you down because that's what we do we follow orders here you know like Claire was supposed to be in order you should have brought her in we freaking told you to <laughs> so he leaves him alone And we see that uh, we get to find out that Matt's in a cell, too. And he doesn't even get a slab. He's laying on the floor.
1: (laughs) Like, passed out from the drugs in his food on the floor.
0: Yeah, he's passed out on the floor. He doesn't have a slab to lay on. He doesn't seem to have a bench to sit on. (laughs) And he wakes up because he hears HRG calling for him in his head. He's like, Matt. Matt, can you hear me? Matt, what's up? (laughs) He's like, Matt, they're coming for you. They're just waiting for the order, so you have to listen to me. You have to f- do what I say. And oh my God, I love this. And I'd forgotten a little bit about this escape <laughs> mm-hmm. until it happened again.
1: Yep, same.
0: Um, again, you know, H R G knows the company inside and out, and like this is like a great example of of that right here. So he's like, if you hear me and you trust me, I want you to bang on the pipe right now. And sure enough, Matt bangs on the pipe. <laughs> because what the hell does he have to lose at this point? Nothing.
1: Seriously,
0: yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ah, excellent. Because this is a one-way conversation, you know. Matt can't talk back. Matt just has to listen.
1: I mean, he can talk back. Just Bennett can't hear
0: him. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, you know. Uh, <laughs> he actually says out loud, oh, God, I hate him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good.
0: So... After this little, like, you know, talking through the pipe, uh, HG's like, well, that noise just alerted the guard, so <laughs> you have three minutes to loosen this rusted pipe over, like, on the side of the room, because the guard's going to come and you need to knock him out. Tee And it's like, wow, you really know the inside and out of these, like, cells, don't you, bud?
1: He sure does. Like, how many times
0: has he run this scenario through his head, like, if I had to get out of one of these, this is what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> it has to have happened.
1: Oh, yeah, no, he, uh, good on him for having that as, as a backup plan always, because he knows how these people are. He is these people, so.
0: It's why, like, AJ Can't is such him. a good character. He's just got, like, uh, Matt hates him. I love him. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, put, put that on a sticker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Matt eventually gets that pipe loose, and he knocks the guard out that's coming in to get him. And we then get to see Parkman try to sneak through Primatech. And he dodges Thompson, who is walking with another man. He's like, all right, you need to get Thompson's telling the other guy he's with it. They have to gas um, Ted's room. Make sure he's out before they take him anywhere. And they have to get Parkman and they have to get uh, Bennett. And <laughs> the guy with him is like, what should we do about Parkman? And he's like, I don't care. Put tape over his mouth. I'm tired of hearing about his pregnant wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and then and then when that part came up in my episode, I pasted that over and I said, me too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh ma'am. Oh. So, after he manages to avoid Thompson and them, Hrg's like, you have to go get Sprague. You have to go get Ted. And so, he goes and gets Ted. And Ted's like, what the hell are you doing? Ted, who's not drugged at all and just chilling in the cell. Not even strapped down. And Matt's like, we gotta go. They're coming to get you. We have to get out of here. And he's like, you know, the, the man in the glasses is telling me what to do in my head. And he's like, you can't trust him. What the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's better than the alternative, dude. <laughs> Pretty much. So they get out of the cell. And HRG is like, okay, this is what has to happen. Because the alarm starts to go off. He's like, Ted needs to put out an EMP. And Matt has to explain this to Ted while also not knowing what an EMP is. And Ted's like, what? I can't, that's not what I can do. And it's great because like HRG's like, you have no idea. You have no concept of your potential. Burn bright, not hot. Put all your energy into one burst. Like this is a man who has like worked with people before. And he's like, you know, you're only doing so much right now. You have no idea what more you can do. Yeah. And sure enough, Matt takes, not Matt, Ted takes a couple tries and he is able to emit an EMP and the, the company goes dark <laughs> and they're like, okay, great. The, the alarm's off. Let's go. And Matt's like, no, 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 we have to go get Bennett. And Ted's like,
1: do we though?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need to get the hell out of here. And Matt's like, no, no, he's the only one that can take them down. He knows how the company works and he wants to take them down. And Ted's like, come on, I mean, they're coming, they're going to come get us any time. And he's like, Ted, dude, you're always the one who's fucking talking about dying. But you sure as hell fight like hell to stay alive.
1: Burn. (laughs) So
0: let's go back and get Bennett. And they do. They get Bennett out. And they get out of the company.
1: Yeah.
0: We meet up with them again at one of our favorite set pieces, the Burnt Toast Diner.
1: Yay. That set gets so much use.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, it does. So they're sitting there and trying to come up with a plan. And HRG wants to destroy the uh, tracking system. And he's like, it's in New York, so we'll go to New York and we'll, we'll destroy it. Because once that tracking system's down, you guys don't have to worry about, like, um, being followed. And you can go wherever you want to go. Matt is like, oh, is that where Linderman is? <laughs> and Vedic kind of looks at him like, "Uh, who? What? Wait, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, the other guy, uh, Thompson. I heard that in his head. He was thinking about Linderman. And that kind of puts um, HRG back a little bit. And that is when Matt kind of realizes, holy shit, you're just middle management. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know who your freaking boss is. Your big boss. I love it. And he's just, like, ragging on him in the diner there the whole time. And HRG's is like, taking him back. And he's like, no, well, we got to get to New York. That's the way we'll take care of this. And Matt's like, no, let's go to Vegas. That's where Linderman is. We'll get him there. And Ted's like, yeah, I kind of want to go to New York. (laughs) So Matt gets outvoted 2-1 to to go to New York instead of Vegas. And that is where we leave this lovely power trio for the episode. That's
1: that's another uh, power trio. (laughs) That's another uh, AU right there. What if they went to Vegas instead of New York?
0: I mean... What if they all went to Vegas and Claire went to Paris? What if? But instead, as we will see, everyone toward the finale is heading to New York. Everyone is heading to New York.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's in my notes, too. I'm like, they're all going to New York.
0: Yes, everyone's meeting up in New York. We're heading toward the bomb. Yep. So everyone's on their way as we speak right now. Can't take those little sidetracks to Paris or Vegas, but man, it's fun to imagine. Sure is. I love that Ted also didn't have any reason, he's just like, ah, I always wanted to go to New York.
1: He's like, Yeah, I guess so. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Those are his two modes. I'm gonna kill everything and fuck it. So Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. Did yeah. you have anything else to add about the the out the breakout at the company?
1: Breakout. Um Let me see. Uh, The only thing I really wanted to mention, uh, two things, I guess. Uh, One being, golly, EMPs were popular around that time. They were in everything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure Lost did it once, did they not? Probably. Yeah. Um, And then, like, it was the big set piece in Ocean's Eleven, which came out around then, having an EMP. Mm-hmm. Like that was, it was just a really popular thing that started showing up in everything all of a sudden, you know, how these trends work where suddenly you see everything, you know, and like every movie or TV show, you're just like, didn't they use that in this? And yeah, it was, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was kind of cool.
0: I think Lost CMP was like after this hero stuff, but yeah, I feel like it was very zeitgeisty at that time. Yes.
1: yes, That's there. Yeah, there you go. It was very in the zeitgeist. Um, and uh, the second thing, golly, I wonder what that tracking system is. <laughs> Wonder if we're gonna have some some interesting uh moral and ethical quandaries about it. Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, Keisha.
1: Hi. Remember how
0: Siler underestimated Mohinder earlier in the episode? Uh what how's could he forget?
1: Doing? <laughs> how's he doing? Well. Man? Well, not great. Oh uh, no. Uh so if you recall and I mean, yeah, it just happened, when Mohinder hightailed it out of his apartment with the corpse of Peter Petrelli, he left the killer behind. And Siler wakes up in the the wreckage of the smashed up map and also, also, also the computer, the list. Oh no, it's all gone. <laughs> What is he going to do? He's going to throw a little fit about it. It's not my favorite scene of my favorite character. He just, like, <laughs> he picks up a piece of wood and he's like, no, it's just, it's so, I just feel like he could have done something cooler. <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't know. I'm of two minds about it. He could have done something a lot cooler looking, but also we're really seeing a breakdown in his like badass facade right now because he got bested so well. hmm. And yeah. let's not forget that with all these powers, this is just, this is a nerdy guy in a sweater vest. Like he, <laughs> he is like, he yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he had, he throws a little, what I've always referred to as Siler's bitch fit in everything I've ever written about it and ever talked about it. Cause it is. Mm-hmm. And he shucks a piece of wood and he's like, ah, and he's like looking through the wreckage trying to find anything useful. And what does he find? But. A shard, shard. It's not glass. It's not Keith's <laughs> head. A scrap of paper. <laughs> I'm dying. A scrap of paper that is clearly the back of a of an issue of Ninth Wonders, and it's the information about Isaac Mendez, who was the person that Zane quote quote had called before all the shit went down. So he has a new target. Dun dun. <laughs> And then, okay, so Rachel mentioned something to me we were recording last week that we need to complain about. Why the hell did it matter that the list was destroyed and that he was so desperate for information he could use to find another one when he supposedly killed Charlie for her power? Mm Mm-hmm. He should just like, he looked at the list, like he's seen it. We've seen him looking at it. He should just have a Rolodex of them in his head, ready to go. But but he doesn't. Like, he flips out when he doesn't have that information there. It's kind of a plot hole. I'm not going to say it's not. <laughs> well, especially after he went through all this effort to do it, you know? Like, it was mm-hmm. a big deal that he killed this girl. And she had a cool power that would have helped him, and I think that's why he did it. Other than the fact that he's just, at that point, just killing whatever special crosses his path. But, yeah. Why the hell did it matter that everything was destroyed? <laughs> he should have been just completely ready to go with all the names and addresses in his head. I, I, don't, I don't understand.
0: He was I don't looking understand. at it on the freaking laptop.
1: He saw it! Like, yeah. Mohinder let him see it. So
0: There's a whole argument to be had about how it isn't a plot hole in a way. But yes. it's a very spoilery yes. that spoilery plot hole. But okay. still it's like watching it as season one, I'm surprised more people didn't call that out in the time.
1: They might like, have the even, but I don't remember a lot of that either. And and people lived and died to call this show out for plot holes. Um They still do. So Yeah, I'm confused by that, but okay, let's say the thing that happens later would make this not a plot hole. Heroes was not one of those shows we talked about in the bit that you might have (laughs) cut. They're not a five-year plan show. It's so clear. They had season one all planned out, and then they kind of went wherever they went after that. For good and bad. I'd argue that five-year plan shows don't always have it all figured out anyway, because you can't be completely beholden to your plan. So I'm saying it is a plot hole. It has to be at this time because that stuff isn't even dreamed about yet. What you're talking about. Yes. But in the grand context of the show, it's not a plot hole. You see how that is? It's like a catch 22. Like you're, you're it's, it's yeah, it's both. But
0: (laughs) yes, it's both and neither. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway. So he has a new target. Same as the old target. And we have an idea of where he's going to try to go next. Um, so he obviously leaves Mohinder's place. And later on, can we just, can we take a minute to talk about the fact that Mohinder just went back home? <laughs> Was he in his apartment? I can't remember if he was... Like... He sure as fuck was when Thompson came in.
0: Oh, Hinder, what? You have, like, an episode of really <laughs> fucking weird choices, my dude. Taking a body was, like... to a random address found in his oh. pocket. Yep. Going back to an apartment where freaking Siler was?
1: <laughs> oh my god, like, you have no assurance that he didn't just hang out and wait for you. <laughs> like...
0: Did Siler knock, like, all of your sense
1: out of you? Honestly, I think he might have. <laughs> I, I, I guess he's probably like, oh, I've called the company. I'll be safe. Really? Because <laughs> pretty sure that doesn't seem to bother Siler very much. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, know, I was just thinking about it um, just now as I was reading my notes. I was like, you just went right back there, didn't you? Because <laughs> this all happened in a day. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, right. I didn't think about
0: that till now either. So wonderful. cool.
1: So Mohinder is right back where a killer could be potentially waiting for him, but luckily, <laughs> is an easily distractable killer, so is not. Um, uh, he, yeah, he he got a hold of the company. He had tried to get a hold of Bennett, uh, but it's Thompson, obviously, who shows up because Bennett is indisposed. And Mohinder is just you know he's he's beside himself. He's like, I got a man killed. I I nearly died myself. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm a scientist. I can't fight someone who defies the laws of physics. I love that line. It's so true. Mm -hmm. And I love how Thompson's like, no, dog, you can't. You just need some help. That's all. And Mahinder, you know, brings up the fact, he's like, you're not the one I called. And Thompson's like, he's no longer with the company. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, man. And it's just so great, because it's like, Thompson comes in and he's just like, ooh, sweet. Look at all this, this Suresh flavored uh, like research that we as the company can co-opt and, you know, get our little greasy paws all over. And Mahinder's like, Siler, (laughs) Siler, Siler. He has a bee in his bonnet and it needs to be dealt with. (laughs) And he doesn't care about what they want. And he doesn't care that they want him to join. He's like, no, 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 I didn't. This isn't like a recruitment call. I need you guys to do something about this. Because he's feeling really guilty about Peter. But, you know, it's just one of those things. So, yeah, so Mohinder has called the company forth. And uh, so this means we might see Mohinder have more interaction with them in the future. uh, Because he needs help. And they're willing to give it. And I'm sure there's no strings attached at all. It'll all be great for everyone (laughs) involved. Um, So... Uh, yeah, so those are just like the little bits that we see with that dynamic duo uh, in their aftermath of the of the grand uh, attack in his apartment. And so we cut over to uh, Isaac at some point in the episode, who has a, a delivery person come and a messenger. And he comes to drop off the latest pages for the comic for for ninth wonders and it's great because the messenger is a total fanboy of the comic he's stoked like he clearly is friendly with isaac and he's just like oh man like the new ninth wonders like he's so excited and uh isaac like you know goes along with him and and he's like yeah the latest and the last and the guy's like oh no you can't end it like why super sad and he's like, well, you know, can can you give me an idea of what's gonna happen? And, and Isaac's so great and so like meta. He's like, you promise you won't post any spoilers? <laughs> and he shows him, and it's a sketch, and it says "Hero in the Future," which is clearly a thing that's you know happening over on another time. Um, and the guy's just like, oh man, how do you how do you come up with this stuff? And And Isaac's just, you know, real chill about, like, hey, you know, like, it's a gift, you know? (laughs) He's just like, you know, "Eh." it's just how it happens. And so, he's like, here, you should also have this. And he's like, speaking of gifts, you should have this. And he gives the messenger his sketchbook. And that's a big old deal. Because not only is that just, like, a cool, nice gesture to do for, like, a fan of your work, but... It's getting it out of the uh, loft Mm -hmm. because certain people might want to take a look at that and see what's going to happen next. And that's exactly what would have happened. So near the end of the episode, Isaac's in his loft and who should come upon him? He didn't knock on a door or anything. No one does. Whatever. No one cares. (laughs) And he just strolls right up and it's Siler. And he's looking around at the art, and he's like, huh, you really can paint the future. That's pretty impressive. You know, it's just, like, in that chill, like, yeah, I'm going to like this kind of way that he does. And he comes in, and Isaac's not scared. And I think that that's, like, a really important thing to note about how he reacts to this. Because, you know, we're, we're seeing, like, and I've mentioned in the past, we've seen so many versions of what happens when syler, you know, shows up and you know, people run, they freak out, they fight. Isaac's super calm. He's super calm. Cuz I mean, how many times has he painted his own death at this point? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be really okay with it at this point. He's made his arrangements. He's secured the sketchbook. He feels like, okay, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen. And then can I be a total fangirl for a minute and I talk about Syler's look in this Go episode, for it. <laughs> at this part? <laughs> It's, like, I've always loved his um, outfit in this. It's, like, a weird in-between of, like, a Siler and a Gabriel look. Mm-hmm. Because he's not pretending to be anyone else at this point. But he's not wearing the kinds of clothes we see him wear probably from about the end of season one on when he's, like, capital S Siler. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like a weird in-between, and, and I've always been a fan of it. I'm always like, oh, that's an interesting look, because if you break down the components of it, it's pretty just like, here's a jacket, here's a hoodie. Like, you know, it's just very normal looking, but it's just all, ooh, black, because evil. And so, um, <laughs> and like his hair and everything, it's just like the way they style him is very interesting. It's very transitional, mm-hmm. I like to think. Because, spoilers, we're going to get to see the last gasps of Gabriel Gray fairly soon. So. Yep. He's not, like, full on yet. He may seem like it, but he's not. So he, you know, comes in, and he's kind of like, okay, bud, this is usually the part where people start screaming. (laughs) Like, this is kind of (laughs) disappointing. Not really what I was expecting. And Isaac's like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not scared. I'm... He still basically is like, I'm going to be the hero uh, you know, this is how it's going to go down. And, and Siler's just, he's just amused at the whole thing. And he's just like, oh, do you see some special future for me? Is that why you're so calm? And he's like, why don't you show me? And he does the voice again. I don't want to talk about it. And <laughs> fucking. Doesn't he do it twice this episode? Um, yeah. Cause he does cause it, he does it the the again with Peter at the beginning. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, that voice. its It's haunting me. <laughs> And, you know, he tells him to show him and everything. And and, because he says that Isaac says that he shows them how to stop him and he dies. And Siler's like, yeah, that doesn't, you know, like, cool story. but That doesn't seem right. And so he's like, why don't you show me what you drew? And he obviously won't and can't. And Isaac glances over. He still has that company gun that he was given. And Siler just flicks it away like nothing because it is. And he's just, you know, just like, oh, whatever to this. And he attacks. And it's a really interesting way that he goes about killing him. Because it's really harsh. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, we, we see, and I think I've talked about another episode about, like, the development of his methods. But, like, <laughs> so this is the note I wrote about it. And, and, and this is word for word. <clears throat> okay, so at first I was like, you're being super harsh at this paintbrush uh, crucifixion. But I mean, he had a super stressful day, so it's just like I don't know, self care for a serial killer, <laughs> oh. something, something like that, you know, just a little like do something a little different, just you know, regain his own sense of control. Even though Isaac's not fighting at all, he still has to feel like he's just, you know, fully in charge. So I mean, I don't know, he just—it's it just, really—it's it's showing his sadism, that's for sure.
0: Well, remember back to Molly's mother. Mm -hmm. Wasn't she pinned to the wall with, like, silverware?
1: She was. And we've seen it, like, the FBI agent, too. Like. Yes. He has his moments.
0: Yes. But But this one, more than those, was particularly calculating
1: in the display of it all. Yeah. And, you know, a, a part of probably why it hits different is this is, again, a lead character being killed. Very true. So, he's straight up TK's. Uh, telekinetically uses um, he he flings the ends of paintbrushes so like paintbrush handles and he stabs them into Isaac and pins him to the floor it's brutal man it's real brutal and Isaac still he's he's holding in there man he's like you can't fight the future this is gonna happen you're going down I'll go down with you that's fine but you're gonna die I've stopped you and Silas just gives him this look like, you silly little man. <laughs> and then he starts cutting. And then the screams. So he got the screams he wanted. But um let me just I'm gonna I'm gonna drive my my little my little bus over Spoilerville for a minute because I have to. Beep beep. <laughs> Showed him how to kill him, huh? Is that what you did? Is that is that what your super cool plan was? Cause from what I remember, you just draw him getting stabbed, and there's nothing that special about that. So. <laughs> It's not exactly a groundbreaking concept. Just saying. <laughs> you know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's not like they have to figure out some like, oh, it's like some super secret way to bring down the ultimate. No, he gets stabbed. <laughs> like, he gets run through with a sword. Anybody mm-hmm. could have done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a certain person has to do it, sure. But I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. It's like, no, you that just is. He get, just gets stabbed, though. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't die. So... Wasn't the sweet spot. haha? No. Mm-hmm. He, he can't heal. That's, you know, that's a whole other thing. He can cut all this. I don't care. Um, uh, again,
0: it's a thing of, like, universes and, like, you know.
1: Yeah. No. It, it seems like, well, you know,
0: <laughs> he didn't try hard enough because look at where we're about to head into. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no joke. Oh, man. So, he kills Isaac. He takes his power. And now, Siler, the villain of the story, other than the company, Can see the future. How overpowered is he getting to be? (laughs) Very. And this isn't even the cherry on top yet. He hasn't even gotten some of his best powers. So, we see him post-killing of Isaac. And he's doing a painting. And it's the same exact setup as the Nathan in the Oval Office painting that was in Linderman's. But... The colors are all wrong. They're very garish. The lines are really, really shitty and not clean at all. It's a very different art style entirely. Nathan looks like a monster. Mm -hmm. Probably because it's not Nathan. (laughs) Spoiler! Ah! (laughs) It could be anyone!
0: (laughs) I I wrote in my notes, like, how did we not piece that together... At honestly. The time. Honestly. Why would why would Syler be painting Nathan? No, what was the first thing you would do if you got that power? You would yep. want to see what your future was. Your
1: future. Yep. So, Syler needs to take some art classes. That's okay, he'll get there. And yeah, he does a painting of a monster in the Oval Office. And that is where we leave off with the present because we are going back to the future. And we're going to Hiro and Ando. We haven't seen this whole episode. And they are back on that Devo rooftop. And they are like, oh boy, New York is destroyed. All the stuff we've already seen them talk about. But this time they go inside. And when they go inside, oh boy, it's not not so good. Because Hiro is like, hey, let's go find Mr. Isaac. Let's go find Isaac Mendez. Because he can help. And Ando's like, no, wait, we can't do that. And he's like, no, no, no. In the past, the brain man got caught. He'll be alive now. Poor hero. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not how that's going to work out, as we just saw. Um, so he tries to go in, and he is instead, he is presented with quite the tableau. It is, oh man, Isaac's loft is filled with a giant roadmap of sorts. It is bunch of threads, a bunch of strings, like a giant map. It's got newspaper articles. It's got photographs. It's got so many things clipped to it. It's a timeline. It's a living timeline of how we got to this point. We can see, like, you know, NYC tragedy. We see other things that come up along the way. We don't get to see too many in detail right now, though, because they hear a sound. A sound of metal. And... So present-day hero goes to investigate the sound, and he's got his sword out because he's got it back. And who should he come upon but our favorite hero, who we've seen earlier in the season, and now we are in his world. It's future hero, everybody. Mm. We're in the future that future hero came from that he was so concerned about not letting happen. And we save the cheerleader. And everything's still shitty. <laughs> and so, <laughs> what on earth happens to bring us to this point? And we're going to find out next time because we're five years into the future. We're going to be doing Five Years Gone, my favorite episode of the entire series. A lot of people's favorite episode of the series. It is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> So they see each other, and Hero Future Hero is like you, and and, and President of the Hero is like me. <laughs> and then that's that's the cliffhanger is those two facing off with swords in the loft, surrounded by strings. And Ando like what the hell? <laughs> so <laughs> that's 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 our little taste of what's to come. But boy, wait till you see the future versions of all the characters. It is so great. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited.
0: As am I. Yep, should be good next week. Should be good. Yeah, it was, It was. this is a very good episode. A lot of people getting in motion. There's not really any, like, air quote, boring parts to the episode.
1: No, not really.
0: <laughs> Siler's bitch fit cracks me up. God. Uh, yeah.
1: I just love It's like all the powers that he can do, and that's what he does. <laughs> hmm mm-hmm. He has a very human moment where he just flips out. Like, yeah. Well,
0: uh, oh, that's what, because I was going to say... He had no one to uh, impress but himself, right there. He had no audience.
1: That, yeah, yeah. And when and when he's alone, he's actually pretty insecure.
0: <laughs> yeah, the theatricality that came from that really badass moment with the glass with Peter. Well, he had no hinder watching, and Peter was in the room.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had uh, to impress the both of them. <laughs> yes,
0: he he's alone at this point. He can,
1: Meh, God damn it,
0: <laughs> you know. I <laughs> know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no that's so true that is so true because uh, <laughs> we see later on in the show what it looks like when he's by himself and it's an emotional journey
0: <laughs> yes
1: oh, he's uh, he's not the most confident of fellas believe it or not it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I said you can put him with all these cool powers and stuff but you can't change who that person is like not really <laughs> so, yeah. he's just a fucking oh. nerd that's what I'm saying right now <laughs> Yes. He's a whiny, self-entitled nerd, and I adore him.
0: (laughs) And then, oh, the other thing was, like, my god, we could spend a whole episode just talking about like, at the end of it all, how time travel affected the episode, what were plot holes and what were (gasps) not plot holes, was it a plot hole at the time, but then, like, end up getting corrected via something else, were there things that were, like, plot holes just for forever, did time travel ever make an effect on anything, was everything destined to be the way it was to begin with, what about the lost futures that we see not only in this season, uh, but in season two, there's a very particularly big lost future.
1: <laughs> there's a big lost future in uh, two and three, because like, mm-hmm. we see a different version of the future in three that is similar to five years gone, but not quite the same. And then we get to even see
0: that future come to pass because of Reborn. We get to see what that five years would be. Yep. So and it's, what, and it it's different, being,
1: too. So, yep. mm-hmm. yeah.
0: That would be an interesting discussion to have. Make our own little string for. Oh
1: my god, we'd have to. Who could keep that straight?
0: Yeah, just for like character we by looking. character. Yes, we'd have to. It would have to be like hero and his use of time travel would be like, mm-hmm. where does he go? What does he do? And then like the effects against other characters and the the lost, the futures that we have seen versus what has come to pass. Just.
1: Like, and then and the episode is how hero fucked up time. <laughs> oh. Cause it's like future hero tells him when he when he uh, or when he talks to Peter, like you can't hang out in other times. It messes with things. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yep. Yeah, which that was like a large warning for season two. Oh boy! Oh,
1: I'm so excited to get into that story. Okay. I, I'm um,
0: excited for season two. I'm excited for the end of season one.
1: Yeah, like, I'm
0: excited to get into everything. <laughs> I'm just excited. Yeah, me
1: too. <laughs> Because, like, the, I'm just excited. I'm just excited to be here. Now, um, that that's the thing, isn't it? Is it's like, we've all seen season one so many goddamn times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched full episodes of two, three, and four as much. So this is going to be really fun.
0: I remember doing a rewatch of uh, one, two, and three. I don't remember. I don't think I've rewatched season four episodes very much.
1: Uh, yeah, I haven't, because I was bummed out about it ending, so...
0: Yeah, so, like, I know for sure I've seen probably the rest of the episodes at least twice.
1: Yeah, at least twice.
0: Um, I can't say the same, I might have, I don't remember for season four, honestly, at all.
1: Well, and then we did things like, um, uh, well, we did, uh, <laughs> we did Heroes Bingo. Yes. And so there's some episodes we've seen a lot in, like yeah. isolated incidents cuz of that. We ran a Heroes bingo game on social media back in the day.
0: Mhm. Yep.
1: We made cards, we drew episodes. It was fun. <laughs> we yeah. did a hashtag like, yeah. 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 I still have those the are photos. action figures. Yep. Mhm. Yep. I should dig out those photos and use them for like Instagram posts and stuff for the episodes that we talk about. Yeah. They still have a lot of them. A lot of them are trapped on PhotoBucket and that's a whole thing. But Yeah, tell me about it. Oh my god, photo bucket can bite
0: my ass. Anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mine as well. Um, um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up.
0: I think so. Uh, I'll run through the socials today. Lovely. Because I can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell the world so, we have an Instagram account.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, alright, there you go. Right from the beginning, we have an Instagram no. now, Keisha. What is the Instagram name?
1: <laughs> oh boy, you sure called me out. Give me a second. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram now. Right now, it's just a picture of my cat, but that will change. <laughs> we are uh, eclipsed Pod on Instagram. Yeah. And in, in the wake of everything happening in the world right now, just didn't feel amazing to post a lot of stuff there. But you know, look look forward to more of that. Yeah, we'll post
0: more as it comes.
1: But there are other places you can follow us, too.
0: Yes. Why don't you follow us on Twitter? We are, our podcast is at Eclipse Podcast on Twitter. If you want to follow us individually on Twitter, I am at that burb there. burb with a B, like Bennett. And hmm. Keisha is at lady underscore snark, S-N-A-R-K. And we, you can send us an email at uh, eclipsepod at com. And, uh, as we just said, Instagram, we also have a discord. We will put the link in the show notes. It's a one click to join really easy. Yep. A bunch of people on there.
1: Yeah. We have like a nice little handful of people on there now. It's real cool. Hi guys.
0: Shout out to the discord.
1: Shout out to the peeps. Think that's it for socials. Mm-hmm. As
0: rickety as that <laughs> social <laughs> oh, <Jesus>.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe it's kind of a podcast tradition from the other ones I've listened to that that's always the rickety part of the podcast.
0: Like That wouldn't surprise uh, me.
1: Which is funny, because, you know, you think people will be better at it because it's self-promo and you want to do that, but also people are like, Ugh, like
0: Yeah. yeah so. It's like, i got to remember everything and then things are different, etc., etc., etc.
1: Fucking seriously. Yeah, so that does it for the socials. It does it for the episode. We will see you next time in the future. Ooh, five years gone. Five years gone. It is dark. It is dangerous. It is delightful. We'll see you next time on Eclipsed. Bye. Bye-bye. Next time on Eclipsed, we're in the future, baby. Tune in.